0: listening to episode 303 of sci-fi tv rewatch my name's dave and i'm joined as always by my co-host wayne as we continue our journey with season one episode 10 of the magicians
1: titled homecoming this is one of my favorites yeah it was it was really good uh they definitely pumped up the sex quotient in it uh but that wasn't the reason i liked it i mean it helped i have to admit I'd be lying if i said it didn't but uh it was a pretty good story overall yeah,
0: absolutely. And they did a nice job weaving, actually, in this episode, four different storylines. And of course, they intersect with each other. But, uh, you know, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, we haven't thanked our patrons in a while. Uh, Fred from the Netherlands, Dan, Cindy, and Mike. And we'll talk about Mike in a second when we when we get to uh, the news. But, uh, you know, we've made some subtle changes with our Patreon account and the rewards we offer our patrons. So, If you're a sci-fi TV rewatch supporter at the dollar a month level, we'll cover any episode of any genre show you choose. At the $3 level, we'll cover any genre film of your choice. And at the $5 foundation level, we'll produce and publish a podcast covering any genre show of your choice or genre film of your choice. And additionally, we'll produce and publish a podcast that explores any top 10 list related to genre television. For example... Our top 10 favorite genre actors or our top 10 favorite series set in space, our top 10 favorite supernatural series, top 10 best science fiction films. And, and you know, these are just some ideas. So uh, you know, if you're one of those, then you've got that to look forward to. Uh, and then in terms of contacting us, episode feedback, questions, the email is sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail dot com. Go to the website, leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab, record your own audio clip, send it the way Fred does each week via uh, an attachment, or encourage you to join the Facebook group and get into the discussions there. Now, I mentioned our patron, Mike Jacobs, and he's requested that we cover the pilot episode of the original BBC version of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, which I didn't actually know existed, so that's cool and fortunately it appears that it's available on Vimeo which is good because I know I don't have Britbox and I right. know I definitely can't fork out any more money for more services so
1: well I know that it's available at the Glenwood Library in Howard County so my daughter every now and then practices uh, right by there and so when I grabbed the when you know a couple like a month ago when I watched the um the new Dirk Gently I rented the you know the t- the DVDs from the Glenwood Library. I saw they also had the original, the OG Dirk Gently, which I was thinking of getting. But then by the time I was done the the second one, I was kind of put off of Dirk Gently a little bit. So it'd be a good excuse. Now I've, I've kind of wanted to do it before. Now I get to pull the trigger.
0: Yeah, cool. All right. So uh, you know, Mike will definitely check that out for you. Uh, you know, my tip of the week. Season two of The Rain has dropped on Netflix, and it's a Danish post-apocalyptic series that focuses on a virus that has spiraled out of control. And, and it follows these young people that are determined to bring it to an end, as the government, the military, evil corpse try to kill them to keep them quiet. And uh, one of the main characters, it's her father. Well, it's her and her brother. Their father is the one that created this virus, and. At some point, we're hoping we get a uh, an answer as to why he thought this was a good idea in the first place. But season one has eight episodes. Season two has six. Uh, season one's better. I've just invested this much, and I know you can relate to that. I've got to see how this plays out, and uh, it's called The Rain on Netflix.
1: Um. So I really don't have a pick of the week this week, except actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of step outside the box here. And make my pick of the week a music selection. Okay. And that would be Father of the Bride by Vampire Weekend. Um, and, believe it or not, there is a kind of tenuous link here to genre television, believe it or not. Okay. so Let's hear it. Vampire Weekend's uh, – this guy just – well, not just. A couple of years ago left the band. Uh, but he was the little brother – of the the Batmanjuli guy who did the OA, oh okay. So I can't remember which guy's name is which, but so the the older brother, it, you know, writes and produces the OA with uh, Britt Marling. It's Britt Marling right? Yeah, or is that okay? No, and that's then, right. um, and then his younger brother used to be in Vampire Weekend, but quit. But anyway, so I was listening to uh, a podcast of uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Broken Records, and they had uh, the um, Ethan Koenig, who's the lead singer. I'm sorry, not Ethan Bollocks. I can't remember his first name. But anyway, the lead singer Vampire Weekend was on, and uh, they played uh, a couple songs from the new album. And the the one um, Harmony Hall would just knocked me out. It's just like, oh my god, that's such a great song. So I got the uh, the whole CD. I actually got, yes, I bought the whole CD from Amazon, and it is really awesome, really, really good. Uh, so if you're a Vampire Weekend fan, I think you'll love it. If you're not, I think this will be a good introduction for you to get into the band, and then you go back and listen to their other three albums, which are also excellent as well. So Cool. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well,
0: let's head on to The Magicians. Uh, this one might
1: take a little Ezra.
0: longer because there's... Ezra Koenig, sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, So this is episode 10, season one, titled Homecoming, written by Henry Alonzo Myers, who also wrote episode 103, Consequences of Advanced Spellcasting, directed by Joshua Butler. Quite
1: frankly, probably really, really need to get laid around the time that he wrote this, I think. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: This one aired March 21st, 2016. Now, you know, we had several guest stars but i'm only going to mention one and that's the guy that played joe who was the mother's sex buddy alien Uh, and the fathers and fathers right uh the actor's name is jonathan scarf and i know him from van helsing where he plays axel miller who is uh one of the main characters he's uh an ex-marine or i guess technically still a marine it's just that the civilization is in kind of a flux but he also directs episodes of Van Helsing I believe he even directed the season 2 finale so he's great in Van Helsing he was great in this and yeah he's you very know, funny. For, you know for me it was great to see him but uh you know I, I mentioned there are four separate stories going on and while they do connect uh, there's not really I mean there's kind of a connection to Fillery and the beast but not not really i mean it seemed to me it was more about the characters and and the paths they're taking and how they're they're starting to come together um you know you mentioned this is a a a sex heavy episode and and i guess what i liked is that sex is the problem but it's also the solution in this right episode which mostly Um, is just the problem well but it turns out to be the solution right that's right, how i'm like they, in real life you yeah, know usually yeah. Uh, oh right right <laughs> uh we get some new connections which I, for me was one of the highlights of the episode penny and quentin are coming together and katie obviously makes
1: <laughs> i see what you did there yeah
0: uh katie and julia um <laughs> uh, but the one thing and and I think you're much more of a Marvel expert than I am but the whole concept of Neitherland reminds me of the Bifrost bridge like this
1: almost yeah, yeah, kind of you know yeah. cent,
0: central hub that leads everywhere right so Alright, well let's talk about that and because we see Penny traveling to neither land and he emerges from that fountain and I and, and I love it. Where the hell am I?
1: Yeah. And <laughs> which you know as a traveler, let's face it, you probably probably should it says that a lot.
0: Right. But I mean, could he have greeted that girl any better? Yeah. Right? Vulcan right. salute.
1: Yes. Come in yeah, peace. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just wrong with it until I remember what you were talking about. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, right. And <laughs> but she didn't meets, buy it, obviously. Uh, right.
0: He meets Eve, who's played by Katie Finley, and, and Fred mentions her in his feedback, and, and I immediately recognized her from Continuum. She was only in one episode, but she plays, I believe it's Kira's grandmother, except at this point, because of time travel, she's only you know 18 or 19 or whatever it is. Uh, but, okay. Uh, She's the one that keeps track of the fountains. So so we learned that th- this is like the, the hub. Uh, she mentions it's that place that's between all of the other places. And I guess we're supposed to understand that each fountain leads somewhere else. So uh, d- do you think we're going to come back here again? I, I oh, think it's almost most like definitely. A given.
1: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Well, I mean, the librarian basically says so because she tells penny oh you you always you're always here you always say that as if he had been there before which in his frame of reference he hasn't but if he ends up being able to jump let's say through like time um, then he might visit the library in his future but the librarian's past right and
0: god you know fred fred got on me already about spoiling something related to agents of shield but that's kind of a problem we're having there as well so i won't say anything further fred sorry about that um but but yeah and and i love it and it's it's one of those things about time travel that can be so maddening because you try to make sense and sometimes you just have to say okay it doesn't make sense it's a paradox whatever right we're just going to roll with it but yeah I, I definitely picked that up that he's been there before he this this version of him or this timeline penny just doesn't know it because he hasn't but right. but we see this vast city that's not unlike a modern version of ancient greece if that makes sense and we're then propelled into quentin's dream dude yeah. i don't know <laughs> that, that was a pretty awesome dream right i mean julia in a princess leia bikini kissing alice as daenerys and just as, as, Hugh daenerys, as indiana right. jones and and again the dynamic between penny and quentin is just so great and quentin has even called him on it a couple times oh you're supposed to be this you know this this great lover this you know this this great player and you know anytime penny's down about anything you know i I guess at, at one point it was something to do with katie but uh he needs q's help because he's lost and can't pinpoint destinations now fred brings up why is it always quentin why is he always in Quentin's head rather than somebody else's?
1: Is there is there yeah, good something po- well that- because Quentin's the one having the the awesome sex dream is why.
0: <laughs> well, like, okay. where else would you be?
1: <laughs> okay, uh, but, but yeah, that's that's else. a good question though.
0: Yeah, so I, I I mean I don't have an answer for it. Um, you know, well, well, maybe unless there's some
1: kind of link between the two.
0: Well, there could be, right? I mean, because one of the things that we have learned about Penny is that he's learning control, and clearly he's gotten a lot better than when he started, but we, I guess we have to wonder whether or not he is still working on controlling whose thoughts, whose head he goes into. I mean, maybe it's a guy-to-guy thing. Maybe he feels more comfortable you know, going into Quentin's head than he would uh you know, Alice or Julia. And, and and of course Julia's not even around. I mean she's with her friends. So really at this point, since Katie's gone, it would only be Margot or or Alice. But uh um you know the the fact that he needs Q's help I, I think is is one of the most important things here and that he's willing to accept it. I mean he he he's got to get to the earth fountain. But he has no idea where he's going. He finds himself in the library. And I, I I, love that. I mean, again, we're English teachers. I mean, we see metaphors probably where they aren't. But it, it, to me, it just reinforces this notion that he doesn't know anything. And his bravado just masks his insecurities that it seems like all these young magicians are going through at, at various points. I mean, certainly... Quentin certainly Julia I think Katie now it's hard to tell with Elliot you know
1: yeah uh, right exactly well with Quentin it's, it's almost like the opposite is he just lacks that confidence whereas Penny has this abundant of confidence that's not necessarily warranted so right. it's almost like you know if if anything you know these two are kind of you know two sides of a coin right they like they complement each other very well by their exact oppositeness
0: right now apparently the group that is with eve has they've been banned from the library and, and then i immediately go to the whole garden of eden tree of knowledge metaphor that that sure you know they must have done something to have gotten kicked out And, you know, that's kind of a recurring theme that that we see these people getting kicked out of break bills and now getting kicked out of the library here. But it contains all the books ever written. And what I love, all the books never written, Hmm. although it probably more accurately should be all the books that are still to be written. You know, because they've got the books that, you know, Penny finds the book that apparently he wrote. So or the book about him. Oh, oh, you're right. I guess it's a book about him. Yeah, good point. So
1: did you, did you notice anything about the, the books on the shelf? I didn't. So everyone has one book there except for Elliot. Oh. He has two volumes and they're different colors too. Oh. So I just, you know, again, I have absolutely no idea what that means at this point, but obviously that is significant that, you know, like I was just like, holy cow, like, wait, yeah, I just want to say, wait, whose books are there? And then, um, like Quentin's there and Alice is there and I I think Margo might be there. I can't remember, but Elliot is there front and center with two volumes. Well, I I wonder if it has to, well, I wonder if it has to do with his
0: overt, bisexuality i mean i mean we get the idea that Margot is is open to exploration as well but not as overtly as elliot so i, w- I wonder if that could be because as you said it was such a sexually tinged episode and yeah you know but but i
1: didn't it's notice possible. that Good. yeah and they were pretty i think they're a little bit bigger than the other books too so i don't know i would just i would say yeah, uh, you know, they're kind of setting up for maybe some significance for Elliot in the future, but yeah, I don't
0: know. Well, Elliot's
1: probably bigger than the other ones. Nice. That's nice. you she just gone down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Now, we've got the, another storyline that finds Quentin and Alice figuring out what they have to do to help Penny, and, and obviously that's how this one uh, fits in. And, and Penny, again he's been gone six weeks though he thinks it's only six hours so then you know we get back to what you mentioned at the top of the discussion about the time travel element and i mean i think we have to assume that's the case at this point and you know now we're we're like the dude from um, the umbrella academy right the, that can travel through right. time and space yes yes. which um and then you know I, in terms of cultural allusions i love the fact that they're using inceptioning as a verb so uh, (laughs) or inception me or whatever but uh, but he's traveled to this magical land that even quentin doesn't know anything about and and i like how he's really struggling to come up with something from the fillery series that would explain it when I'm sitting there thinking, dude. If it was in the Fillery books, you would have it
1: yeah. at the snap of your fingers, right? Well, I, and I love you know Penny's reaction, it's just like oh, the one time I need you to know this Comic Con shit, you know? <laughs> right? Right? That like you, you're spouting out this stuff about Fillery all the time, but now, now when I'm stuck and I really need you to to remember what this place is, you you got nothing, right? Which
0: then leads me to believe that it's clearly not Fillery now. Can Fillory be accessed from one of these fountains? I'm guessing yes, and you know. And then, of course, Elliot's so drugged out; he's of no help whatsoever. Well, that that point. goes
1: back to you, you know what the librarian photocopied copied for Petty. Okay, it was Again, about. I didn't notice. It was about Martin. Uh, oh, that's right. Although we don't know what about, we don't Martin, have right? no idea. We don't know what she copied. I was assuming she was going to copy the whole book, but she just copied a couple pages, which I guess is what Penny needs to know, which I thought was going to be how to find the earth beacon, but he never, he never read it. We have no idea. Well, you know, and he didn't use whatever the librarian copied him. He didn't use that to, you know, cause he didn't tell Quentin and Alice how to make the beacon. Um, right. So, you know, so right. Good. I mean obviously that's a question of you know what exactly did she copy. And why did he not take it?
0: I see now I can't remember her. Do we oh, see he did. her hand it to him? He did, What's yeah, that? yeah.
1: He took it. He took it. Oh, okay. And put okay. it in his pocket. I think he folded it up and put it in his pocket.
0: Okay. So uh back with Alice and Quentin, they are going somewhere because she's told Quentin, Look, I I, I, I know a guy, I know a guy that can help us. And she's deliberately vague to where they're going, and, and again, it's a great scene, you know. And we've seen this narrative device many, many times in all sorts of shows that something crazy's going on. Hi, Dad, and yeah. of course, our parents' home is uh, the the uh, spot for a Roman orgiastic sex
1: party, and sure. uh, Though, although apparently a fairly tame one.
0: Yes, yes, and then Dad's right, that he wants to have a fatherly chat and and we don 't really hear what he said in in this chat, but um, oh, to be a fly on the wall, yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty funny, <laughs> but um I thought it was really interesting to watch Alice with her mother because you know we we 've heard this whole idea that the reason alice is such a talented magician is because her parents were magicians and even though she says they didn't teach her anything and, and you know that may or may not be true there's clearly been you know something going on you know between them that that they're at odds alice leads us to believe it's simply over mom's decision to just leave charlie's death behind her that she's apparently not at all curious. At first I thought ah oh, that's impossible to believe but the more we get to know her
1: mother wow I mean what a piece of work to 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 say the least yeah but you know her I mean like her parents are are goofy for sure to to say that as a a child of the 70s that I didn't know kids whose parents were kind of freewheeling like that i'd be lying but not not this kid's parents <laughs> by a long shot you know i think mom kind of does have a little bit of a point here or stephanie i should say is that her name yes you know, um yeah so my my wife calls her mom by her first name and that really threw me off the first time i met her but okay um the, you know, the the fact that the mom said, "Listen, you know, I'm processing this in a different way than you, and just because I'm not feeling it like you're feeling it, doesn't mean I'm not feeling." You know, obviously well, she is. Well, it was her son. Obviously she's grieving, but she just doesn't see the point in pursuing this. You know why it happened. Right, and and, and as you
0: said, I, I can understand that, but I, I guess for for Alice it's just that that nagging thought that no he didn't kill himself and she just can't let it go and it was a great performance by Olivia Taylor Dudley who who plays Alice i thought that that some some really emotional scenes that yeah i, I really i we haven't seen it at this level i think out of her i mean yeah. you know she's she's been great but just tonight yeah, now
1: fairly rock and qu- bod still too well, right. So. Now,
0: how many, how many times do we want to like just reach through the screen and grab Quentin by the shoulders? It's like, what the hell? Because I'm not sure how wise it was to tell her he's into damaged chicks.
1: Yeah, he really opened himself on that one. Of course, yeah. he really hasn't been in a relationship before, so he's not very skilled in the, the way of the female deflection where you right. say and, something— and- and it immediately gets thrown right back at you right
0: and he he does his best because immediately she says oh you mean like julia uh no it wasn't what you think and and she even admits now it sounds like she's had sex a number of times but no clear relationship you know because she says something like um yeah it was like you know just standing up at a party or something and and well, maybe she didn't mean that literally. Um, I think she might have meant that literally. And maybe she did, but but she's really never had a serious relationship. At least right. we, we we get the idea. Well, and that's um, like
1: so much of this is these two. Like, yes, to communicate like sexually, but just to communicate and tell it. Right. And like, you know, like when in the in the act of love, that, that's important of saying, I like this. No, not that. Do this, not yeah, you know, whatever. But ba ba. that's all. That's all part of it, and it, it's reflective of each person sharing. And you're both people are in a vulnerable spot. You're literally naked, and you're vulnerable, and you are sharing with each other what you want, what you don't want. And it's, that's why it's they call it intimacy, right? Right,
0: right, and, and that's what they guess-
1: they need to work on.
0: Right. Well, I mean the whole family is really disjointed. I mean, obviously the mother's processing her son's death in her own way, but when the father finds out about Joe initially, he threatens suicide. And and uh well, I, I think this Joe. was when Alice was Oh, oh right, it wasn't Joe, it was it was just an affair. And, yeah, and Alice yeah. says she was 10. Um and then with Joe, I guess he's now welcomed into their little triangle.
1: But uh Because Joe, as as Stephanie says, is like a Swiss army knife. All right.
0: But once we start talking
1: to Joe, we learn that
0: what Alice and Q need to get Penny home is sex magic. Yeah. Get some blood, get some twine, get a globe. Oh yeah, and you have to climax at the same time. And and you see the look on her face, like, ah, that ain't gonna happen.
1: Well yeah, yeah, you know, well it's it's like the thing where he's like yeah, you know, where he's like, oh, no problem. She's like, mm. You know, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah. Okay. Like, what well, well, was it in, a, oh, uh, um, uh, uh, Hill House, where they were like with the, I can't remember, there was some doctor like, you know, we'll need, uh, you know, What when's oh, the last right. time you, you had an orgasm? She's like, right. two weeks. And he's like, mm, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, it's just kind of that uncomfortable uh, reality check.
0: Right. Now, our moms are older now, and we would never think of saying this. Oh, my God. How many times when we were younger did we just want to channel Alice? Don't take this the wrong way, Mom, but shut the fuck up, okay?
1: Yeah. uh, (laughs) If I had ever said that. Well, yeah. Yeah. I probably wouldn't be here to, to speak to you all right now. So, right, yeah, right. yeah, that that just right. wouldn't be a thing, right?
0: But uh, but I think one of the lines that that really I don't want to say it necessarily crystallizes the the whole episode, but when Quentin says to Alice, "How am I supposed to get better if you won't tell me I'm doing it wrong?" That's and a solid they point. All have these, yeah, and they all have these feelings of inadequacy. And how do you feel more adequate? Well, you learn what you're doing wrong, so whether it's yeah. magic, relationships, whatever it's you know you, you, there really has to be that and, and again, that's part of the level of intimacy I think you're you're talking about sure and sure. and of course, when she finally tells him exactly what she wants in bed, yeah that allows Penny to find the earth
1: yeah, <laughs> return home it, it, and
0: it works out. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Yeah. Now, Elliot and Margo reconnecting. uh, I I love this aspect of the story, even though I'm not exactly sure how it really ties in. Um, Well, here's what I think. I think it's just
1: kind of they obviously, even though they they don't really hash out what is bothering Elliot because he ends up telling it to the Margolem. But I think really... The the What this narratively is, is it introduces the Margolem into the story, into the show, which will end up probably being of some importance later on. Okay. And I hope so. I mean, I think
0: for him, I mean, look, when we first meet Elliot, he's like – a lot of people are when they're in college. It's, it's yeah, I am going to go to classes. Yeah, I am going to study, but I am going to also have a good time. And he's takes pride in his ability to mix drinks and all of that. But well, he's also older, different...
1: so he's like arrogant and like you know, kind of like all right, little new people. Let me show you the ropes. And but he has that kind of supercilious manner about him. Well, sure, but
0: there is a big difference between using drugs. And having a drug problem, you know. I mean, he's yeah. gone down that path. He's and, got a problem, uh, right? Right, and I think we have to really credit Margot for seeing that and, and really forcing the issue. And you know that the professor or the doctor, or whoever it is, they you know they see tells him, yeah, there's nothing wrong with you other than you got a severe drug problem. And I I guess we still have to go back to what happened with Mike that it's only been a couple episodes so you know we talk about his uh, alice's mother processing the death of charlie differently well i guess we have to cut elliot some slag uh and what we do though find out is that somebody or something is draining Margot's chi and have you participated in any unprotected rituals lately (laughs)
1: like okay and And she figures out
0: yeah right and this guy he created a golem of margo it's just so funny because you know you mentioned that the conversation that elliot's having with margo but it turns out to be margolem and i guess the yeah. golem can't talk right? i don't think we've heard apparently it, not
1: it. yeah she doesn't right. talked at
0: all right hasn't right talk. but she can listen and probably do other things as well yeah well there is and, a reason
1: she was created so
0: right, exactly and and he even tells her that, I like your golem, so we have to wonder what's going on with their relationship. I think something might really be broken, he tells her. And,
1: uh, you know, that, well, that's he tells pretty the, big... He tells the golem, though. Right, right,
0: right. But he thinks he's telling her, right.
1: Right. And, and But I then when thinking... Marga really shows up, it's back to the, you know, I got you something, bitch. You know, like right. yeah, that kind of, like, <laughs> right. superficial like relationship that they had before where he had that moment there. He really opened up to her. But once he realized it wasn't actually her, he closes back down again. Well, that's true. That's true. Um,
0: But I guess I'm also thinking, you know, they all have something broken, which is, I think why they're all so compelling as we watch them still not only try to find their place in life in the universe and 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 everything while they're doing this they're trying to battle the beast and and i guess essentially whether they actually acknowledge it or not maybe they are the saviors of mankind i mean that might be overstating it a bit but it kind of seems like it might be that way and and then of course Margot hasn't destroyed the golem because she likes herself and yeah. uh I, I, are we going to get a scene with the three of them in bed together
1: i feel like that's a almost a certainty okay
0: all right now the the last storyline with julia katie and free trader beowulf <laughs> dude if you got any kind of a explanation for <laughs> the title of their little <laughs> witch's circle
1: i'm willing to hear it i i didn't so i don't know okay
0: julia is on their message board or whatever it is constantly and her, her online screen name is vicious Circe, who obviously you know you and i with homer's odyssey the sorceress who has lured many a sailor to his or her death goddess of magic but she's at home now richard shows up and he calls her out i guess he takes a look around the apartment and and sees pizza boxes and bottles and trash and she's just spending all of her time in a virtual world which i also thought was a nice parallel to penny's experience because while he didn't get there in the same way he's in a virtual world of his own i really like this storyline i mean number one i I like the fact that Katie shows up again. This is the second time that the two of them have surprised each other. The first was, you know, in that diner, you know, when her mom was still alive. But now they've got to work together. And and, and I love the fact that Katie says, look, he might be about forgiveness. I'm not. They're both trying to make up for things in their past. and, And I really like it because you see, as they work on this, I think they had to do twelve spells or something like that. I I don't want to say they're yeah. friends by the end, but I think they certainly have come to respect and accept each other in
1: a way. That right. Maybe- well, there's there's nothing to bring people together than accomplishing something together. Right. Right. Sure. Like you, you know, now they're kind of like there's a sense of camaraderie and teamwork going on the uh, and actually i think
0: Katie's screen name is asmodius the prince of demons yes. one of the princes <laughs> of hell <laughs> okay yeah. uh, i guess we know where you are with with your uh feelings of self-worth <laughs> but uh i think she's just a know, fan of
1: supernatural actually
0: well a good point a good point but then you know again we talked about time travel with penny so the two young women finish their last spell the pizza guy comes and then they notice the clock's going backwards and it's a deja vu or whatever we want to call it again but we learn then from richard that what this is all about is time magic and he goes through his you know rhetoric uh, we're pushing the boundaries of what is magically possible we got to shatter the glass ceiling yeah, break bills is right if you go by their methods when it's all about him going back for a redo because he feels guilty, and perhaps rightly so, based uh, on what perhaps. he told us. Well, like, for the definitely. death of his infant son. Yeah. So um, I, I think we have enough experience in these kinds of situations. It never turns out well.
1: You know? Right. It's, yeah. Oh, no, so, there's, there's no way this is going to turn out well. Katie Katie knows that I don't know if Julia does but certainly Katie does well you know I wonder because I I would think before
0: this experience that the two of them have together I would agree with you that Julia wouldn't really you know lock into the importance of what this guy's trying to do but I think it's almost like the two of them now that they're again I don't want to say they've bonded I mean they have like you said anytime you work together on a task there's a bond that gets created they're both outsiders. Katie has essentially been kicked out of break bills. Julia was never allowed in. They both see magic as important parts of their lives. So they've got that connection now. And is Richard going to lead them down a path that you know, sends them spiraling out again? Uh, hopefully not, but I'm afraid that he might. So hopefully they're going to recognize what's happening and say, yeah, the hell with you. And then, who knows what's happened in with Marina? And
1: uh, yeah, yeah, God we do. It's been a while since we've seen her. Yeah, but uh,
0: so uh, anything else you want to bring up?
1: Well, one thing is that I do believe that Quentin is a dick for making fun of the Garden State soundtrack. That soundtrack <laughs> is awesome. Okay, like why would you make fun of the Garden State soundtrack? What's wrong with you? Okay. I, don't, I
0: saw the movie, but I don't remember the soundtrack. But it's, awesome. Okay.
1: It's great. Okay. Shins, Coldplay, It's amazing.
2: Oh,
1: okay. um, uh, Alice's dad offering Quentin filleted goat penis that promotes virility. <laughs> yeah. And then Quentin says you know, he asks him about what he's working on now. He's like, hey, let's go check out. Come on, let's go now. He says, but you even you haven't even touched your penis. Yeah, that was (laughs) Uh, so. Anyway, that was a great line. I loved it, but I couldn't. I could. I could think of how to work it into the end. So I figured I, you know, talk about now.
0: All right, uh, not to divert too far. Just real quickly, uh, you mentioned Coldplay. I don't know if you've seen the video. It's about twelve minutes. Coldplay and their Game of Thrones musical.
1: Really? Yes.
0: Go to YouTube, put in Coldplay Game of Thrones, and I'm sure it will come up. Get the longer version. It's like about 12, 13 minutes. It is freaking awesome. Yes, so uh, I'll just leave it it at that. All right, well, why don't we listen to Fred's feedback, and then we'll come back and make some comments on the things that we haven't already talked about.
2: Hello, Dave and Wayne. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for The Magician Season 1, Episode 10. Okay, let's start with Fred's tip of the week. And actually, it's a tip for the future. Did the makers of The Magicians have the impression that a lot of Star Trek fans watch this series? I doubt that a little, because it's a real other genre of show. I say this, of course, because Penny makes the live long and prosper Vulcan greet when he arrives in the Netherlands. Uh, Sorry, (laughs) I really made this mistake. The Netherlands. Of course, he doesn't say live long and prosper, but I come in peace, which nicely proves that he indeed doesn't know anything about Star Trek. In the framework of Star Trek, I really got a very nice tweet from Clara. Clara is one of the hosts of At Physical Kids, which is another magician's podcast. And she announces that she is going to do, with her father, a Picard series podcast. So the next Star Trek series that will come up is Star Trek Picard with Sir Patrick Stewart, of course. And I find it a very nice idea that a father and a daughter are going to do a podcast together. I will certainly check that out. Nice idea. If you want to check this out, go on Twitter to at Picard Man Pod. Wayne was complaining in the previous podcast being terribly spoiled. Fortunately, you didn't tell us what it was, and it was probably about who the beast was, but okay, fortunately, you didn't tell. But what you did tell was, and I got terribly spoiled by that, telling that Mac somehow became the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. in season 6 of The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I just told you in that same podcast that I'm nicely watching and very much enjoying Agent Carter in the winter hiatus of season 2 of The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well guys, my Alzheimer's light is getting so solid these days that I will probably forgotten this by the time I get there. Which, by the way, will not be in just one week. Okay, getting into The Magicians, episode 10. First off, I have a little nitpick. Penny comes out of that fountain. And after about five seconds, uh, he is not wet anymore. The girl that Penny meets after he gets out of the fountain, called Eve, we actually know her as Lily Jones. She is played by katie findley in the continuum series she is kira cameron's grandmother which she meets as a young girl and then being pregnant with her mother which on its own is a spoiler again for people who didn't watch continuum so far and in this way as soon as we talk about other series we spoil each other When Penny asks her where he is, Eve says, The Netherlands, Penny, and that is? And Fred says, Just one letter wrong. I love, and probably Dave does as well, that we have Katie back, and that Julia and Katie did reconcile. It was not even that difficult. It was interesting that Julia chose Vicious Circe as a login name for their internet magicians group, Free Trader Beowulf. I thought that Silver, uh, the woman that first comes out of that door that Riches opened, says Vicious Circle. And then I saw the subtitles and it was Circe. I looked it up and then found out that this is a name from Greek mythology. I don't have a lot of knowledge about Greek mythology, but it proves to be a sorceress who can change people into animals and, and was known for her knowledge about potions and herbs, and she had a m- magic wand. So, that nicely fits. Really hope you can come back for the Saturnalia, much less Tame ...than this old thing. Right, this this is a, a little tame.
1: Hmm. Dad, I need to talk to Mom like now, it's important.
2: Well, after a frolic, she'll usually head for the tepidario. Can you please just call the bath? Is Quentin really thinking that the Fineralia, so the Venus party, the Venus feast at the Quinn's house, is a little tame, or is he just parroting Alice's father? Well... He does give him a fatherly talk. It's a pity we don't hear what the content of this fatherly talk was, especially from this kind of father. When Quintin and Alice get into her old bedroom, Alice is saying, "I can't imagine what you must thinking of me right now." And then Quinton says, "It's cool. I'm like really into damaged chicks." And then they discuss Julia. I think that remark was quite condescending, especially from somebody with a history of psychiatric clinics, etc., as Quentin. Or was it just a joke? But the good thing about this discussion is that we now know how the Julia-Quentin relationship really evolved and really is. Actually, this episode should be called The Sexual Demagician Show, or whatever... Uh, so many sexual references here a lot of it was funny and was okay but i think they should have dispersed that a little bit over more episodes Uh, i don't know how this goes in in the next seasons uh, if it stays this way but it it was funny and it was okay but perhaps a little bit over the top starting with the quinton dream with julia and alice making out and Touching each other and the whole thing with uh, the funeralia at Alice's parents' house and with all the references there. We always have so much left over. Oh, here. You have to try this. Mm. Filleted goat penis mm. promotes virility. Mm?
0: It's very thoughtful of you, Dad.
2: Oh.
1: Well, still in galleys, but I suppose I could show you. Oh, some. great.
2: Uh, That sounds great. Let's go now. But you haven't even touched your penis. You know what? I had a ton of it yesterday. You said that it was this way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well. The 70s sex book in uh, Alice's room. And then the whole story with Joe and the advice he gives. You just need some blood, a globe, a few candles bound with twine. Oh, and uh, you both have to climax at the same time. That can be a problem? No. No. What? I'm sorry.
1: We need the spell to work, right?
2: Different storyline. As a good old Orphan Black fan, I of course liked the Margot cloning story. And I have one final question. Why is this connection between Penny and Quentin? Because... Penny tries to contact from the Netherlands somebody and he lands up in Quintin's dream. When Quintin was in that coma and in this asylum, he tried to contact Penny. So why doesn't Penny contact, for instance, Margot or Elliot or Alice? Why always Quintin? And vice versa, obviously. Does this mean that they have a special connection, although they don't like each other, and a connection that the other ones don't have with Penny? I wonder what you think. This was all for this episode. I give it a A-. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Don't take this the wrong way, Mom, but shut the f*** up, okay? We'll talk when you're less cranky.
0: All right. So, uh, yeah, Fred, I I apologized earlier uh, for spoiling a a detail about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I I usually don't pick up these kinds of things. I think you you pick them up more than I do. Michael picks them up uh, way more than I do. But he noticed that Penny comes out of the fountain. Five seconds later, he's not wet anymore. So so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, For sure. The Neitherlands, take out one letter. Yeah, that was awesome. Now, uh, you know, Fred mentioned, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, about wondering whether or not Katie was going to be back. And I am certainly happy to be wrong. I I was afraid, as I said, that because she's been listed as a guest star that, you know, maybe we weren't going to see her anymore. And as I've mentioned, I stopped looking at IMDb. I'll, I'll, I'll go to the individual episode at IMDb but not right. you know not not the page because i don't want to uh know how uh how many episodes somebody's in but <laughs> and then uh did quentin really think that the uh, the little sex party the parents were having was a little tame um he, obviously this is something that alice must have seen during her youth uh, obviously right. for quentin um, it, it was anything but tame i i am sure and, and
1: uh you know well, Fred mentions, you're uh, you're saying so, uh, so you like the kid who's the exact opposite of the parents right and it's usually sure. the parents who are the straight edge kind of people and the kid who's a little wild and crazy in this case we have alice who's like super uptight and and wound up and her parents who are kind of loosey-goosey
0: but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, now Fred brings up, and we talked a little bit about it, Quentin being into damaged chicks, uh, and, and Fred mentions that, that it really comes across in a condescending manner, and and I agree. I I clearly don't think he meant it to be condescending. I think he's just, you know, he's just so socially, uh, what's the opposite of adept? <laughs> uh, whatever you know, awkward. so, so socially, well, even awkward doesn't quite, he, he's just terrible. So, yeah, I agree. I, and and I didn't think of it in those terms, Fred, but you're absolutely right. I, I don't think, you know, he meant it, but still, you know, you're responsible for the words that uh, come out of your mouth. And, yeah. you know, you, you've mentioned how sexually tinged the episode is, and Fred brings that up as well. And uh, he provided us some, with awesome, with some awesome screenshots as – As usual, the other thing I didn't think of, and and Fred brings up the Margo Margolem cloning story. And, and of course, Fred has mentioned many times he's a huge Orphan Black fan, as are we Uh, It's one of those shows. uh, Well, you know, it did get four seasons, so I'm not going to say how could they not support it. I mean, how many shows get four seasons these days? Right. Not, Not many. Especially. And. And then he brings up the you know the idea, and we were talking about why Penny seems to always connect with Quentin. And Fred posits, well, perhaps he connects with the one he hates the most. Okay, yeah. So uh, you know, I, yeah.
1: I um, mean, like, I, 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 there might be something to that. I just think, I mean, there is definitely some connection between the two, and I think it's you know. Like, like I said before like the fact that they each are almost completely opposite one another in every way um that they like so it's it's almost like like a magnet you know a positive and a negative whatever bit of a magnet that they they come together right uh, whereas the, the the positive and the positive are gonna push each other apart uh push apart from each other so yeah it's I right. think they're kind of drawn to each other because of their opposite and complementary natures. Okay, I like it. So
0: now Fred gives it an A minus. I believe that's a little minus sign that that you know. Um, it looks like it, yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I'm going full on A. I, I thought this was a really strong episode.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I kind of stick with Fred on this one. I mean, it was I, really good, but you know, well, I guess there always is a plus for like the superior ones. No. I just do it with A minus. So I don't like okay. to overgrade. Yeah, I okay. want want to give, uh, even though this show was made years ago, like give directors something to, to to push for, something to shoot for. Yeah,
0: okay, and hopefully they'll be listening. So right. uh, okay, yeah. So I, I'm just really, I mean, there's so many things to like about this one. Not the least of which is that Katie is back, and and uh, again, I I hope they step up and i and i think they did step up the julia storyline a little more this week and and in, in this case the fact that they're doing time magic with somebody whose purpose is totally unrelated to the beast and fillery but i i think we know instinctively that it's somehow going to end up connecting i don't know how yet but uh yeah anyway all right uh you want to leave it there unless you've got something else you want to bring up no i think i'm good okay well cool well listen that's going to do it for this episode of sci-fi tv rewatch we want to thank you for joining us love to hear what you you think about the magicians Uh, as i keep mentioning we've got dark on the horizon Uh, anything going on in genre tv encourage you to join the facebook group and share your thoughts with the sci-fi tv rewatch community Uh, emails go to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com voicemails can go via the speak pipe tab which you can access through the website and we'll be back next week to continue our discussion of the magicians with season one episode 11 titled remedial battle magic but until then you know dave
1: i can't believe i gave up tickets for hamilton for this